This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Stinkin' Truth Podcast is presented by Core Water. He spent 12 years in the NFL. You can't trust a guy that gyrates his hips after he scores. Has three Super Bowl rings, made multiple Pro Bowl appearances, over 16 years of broadcasting between ESPN and Fox Sports. And that's why I'm the greatest football player and best sports analyst ever. He's a soap opera star. That's pretty, uh... I can't remember what I was supposed to say. <laughs> As a reoccurring role on HBO Ballers. Mark Slareth, handsome son bitch, get out here. And makes one hell of a bowl of green chili. It's Mark Slareth, and this is the Stinkin' Truth Podcast. Hey, welcome to the Stinkin' Truth Podcast. Your host, Mark Slareth, along with Mike Evans, my co-host, Scott DeHuff, on the board producing the show. Got to thank and shout out our uh presenting sponsor that's a great folks over at core water perfectly balanced ph core water 7.4 is the ph level balances and and matches your body's natural ph level it's just all i know is it's delicious and uh it's easy drinking and you can get it at 7-eleven find out more about core water at hydratewithcore.com mike how are you buddy i'm doing all right i i'm wondering how you're doing because you've been doing television all week Right. National television. Uh-huh. And and I know how this works in national television, whether it was your days at ESPN or now with Fox, right. is that the producers of those shows lose their freaking minds when the Dallas Cowboys do well. Because that apparently that's just like clickbait, you know, eyeballs tune in, whatever. Right. And you just are forced to talk nonstop Dallas Cowboys. Is is that what the week's been like? For you, oh, oh yeah, without without question, it's about Dallas Cowboys. Is it sustainable? They've gone; they're on a four game win streak. Is is it sustainable? How do they beat the Philadelphia Eagles? Is the Eagles come to Dallas to take on? And this this game, this four game win streak started in Philadelphia when Dallas beat Philadelphia twenty seven to twenty, and that's when the four game win streak started. And you know what's you know what's amazing uh, about Dallas, like like. Take that game Thursday night against the uh, New Orleans Saints, right? I mean, it was a 13-10 ball game. Like, their defense, like, I think if you look at Dallas right now, like, if their defense plays that exceptional for the rest of the season, they're going to be hard to beat. But think about this, the flip side of that. If their offense plays that poorly for the rest of the season, it's going to be hard for them to win. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it was almost a perfect storm, so throw that one out. Here's the thing that intrigues me about Dallas. Like, one, I think it's really important to understand your identity, to know who you are. And I think they've figured that out more than any other time during the course of the season. Obviously, Amari Cooper has really helped them out, especially on one side of the field, keeping a safety over the top, worrying about his presence as a wide receiver, has opened up the running game, and all that. But... I look at this, the last four games, and this is going to blow you away. The last four games, the Dallas Cowboys, this offensive line that we always talk about and how they're predicated on, you know, mashing people and being great up front. 
you know how many sacks they've given up in the last four games? How many? 17. Whoa. 17 sacks in the last four games. They gave up four against, uh, I think, Philly. They gave up two against Atlanta, maybe four against uh, four against uh, whoever it was they played, and then and they gave up seven. They gave up seven sacks. How many of them are on Dak, though? Well, I mean, you know, there's there's plenty of them that are on Dak. There's plenty of them. I mean, there's plenty to go around, and Dak will hold on to the ball. But here's the most impressive thing. They have given up those 17 sacks in the last four games. And what's impressive is that Dak hasn't thrown an interception in those four games. So, like, possess the ball, run the ball, control the line of scrimmage, don't turn the ball over. Now, there's been, I think, three fumbles, one lost by Dak. But the bottom line is he hasn't thrown picks. He, you know, he, he's, he's taken sacks. He's held the ball and just, like, given up on plays, realizing, again, going back to the identity talk, Mike, that we're going to win this thing by controlling the line of scrimmage, by running the football, by setting up our play action, and then relying on our defense to do what our defense does, and that is fly around and smack people in the mouth. They have been great on all three levels of their defense, especially their ability to constantly put the quarterback under duress and their linebackers just flying around making plays. Whether it's Leighton Vander Esch or whether it's Jalen Smith, they have really been unbelievable. And what a, you know, as much as we give Jerry Jones grief for, and and there's plenty to give him grief for, you know, that, that pick of Jalen Smith, when Jalen Smith was tore his knee and had drop foot and it looked like he may never play again, and to take that gamble on him and then to rehab him over the last couple of years and to watch him progressively get healthier and healthier, and he is flying around making plays like like he did when he was in college. I mean, it's just been incredibly impressive and, and fun to watch a young kid who has overcome such a substantial injury to become such an impact player for the Dallas Cowboys. But again, I go back to understanding who you are. Don't turn the ball over, man. Don't throw picks. Take sacks. We're okay. We're going to dominate the line of scrimmage um, when it comes to running the football. We're going to lean on on Zeke, you know, and um, and and then you know we're going to play great defense. That that that's the way they've done this. And um, and I'll tell you what, it's been it's been impressive to watch these last four weeks. So assuming they win the NFC East, and I think they will, yeah. Then I assume. They'll. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. They win at home on Wild Card Weekend. What? How do you think they're built to go on the road to a, a Rams or a Saints and perhaps really become, you know, a dark horse, a, a real, you know, the proverbial "this is the team nobody wants to play" type team? Right. Well, I. I mean, I think that's. There's always that potential. I think it's much harder, Mike, to go on the road and to be able to obviously to do that against a team that can really run it like, you know, like the Rams can and, and, and are multiple like the Rams are and that can continue to put pressure on your quarterback. I, I mean, I find it hard to believe that you can throw, you can, you can you know, throw down 17 sacks over the course of four games and not throw a pick. Like, I, I believe, like, turnovers come in bunches, and I believe that's going to happen to the Cowboys here if you continue to give up those kind of pressures and those kind of hits on your quarterback. Now, Understand that, you know, that Tyron Smith hasn't played a lot and he's been injured some and, and you know, he's missed some games and that has hurt them as well. But um, I, I just think it's going to be hard for them to overcome the lack of, quote-unquote, a passing game, a consistent passing game 
um, and you know, and, and go on the road in a place like New Orleans or a place like you know the Rams and, and get a get a victory. I, I think sometimes you know the the Saints were the you know the Saints were that that hot pick that everybody thought, oh my gosh, they're going to go undefeated for the rest of the way and what they're doing. Sometimes a loss like that loss to Dallas where you just don't produce, you produce 10 points on the offensive side of the ball, um, is one of those kind of losses where you can really look at yourself critically and say, okay, guys, like as good as we've been, if we don't take care of these things that have cropped up over time that we've kind of just swept under the rug, um, we're just good enough to get beat. And, And so I think sometimes those are the kind of losses that really help a team kind of regain a little bit of their focus. And I'd be surprised, you know, to see the Saints not go into Tampa and really, you know, really put it all on the Buccaneers. Yeah, so we're both looking at the NFC, and we still feel it's the Rams and it's the Saints by a pretty clear margin. Correct. And isn't it really the same in the AFC with New England and, and Kansas City? Yeah, I, or I think do you, you... want Or do you want to still – Hold out hope for the Steelers and, and, and maybe the Chargers. Maybe the Chargers in the AFC are the Cowboys equivalent in the right. NFC. I, I think I think I feel more confident about the Chargers than I do about you know about the Steelers. If, if there's something about the Steelers, it just feels like when it's nut cutting when it's nut cutting time, they're gonna fold. Like the the lack of discipline or whatever the case may be, you know, Ben Roethlisberger comes into Denver and throws a couple of picks and they don't play very well and he starts pointing the finger at all the guys on the team that, you know, hey, Washington didn't make this catch and, you know, uh, Shelby Harris got lucky on that interception that would have been intercepted by Bradley Roby had, you know, had Shelby Harris not got knocked into the interception. I mean, it was it just felt like excuse making to me. Like, instead of taking responsibility, I've always felt this way. And, you know, and I played with John Elway, and I played with some great quarterbacks. I played with Doug Williams. I played with Mark Rippon. And I've always felt this way about the quarterback position, man. You're going to get the lion's share of the credit when things go well, and you've got to deflect it all. you got to give it to your O-line. you got to give it to your running backs. you got to give it to your receivers. you got to give it to the defense. You've got you've to give it to everybody else. That's part of the job. And you're going to get the lion's share of the blame when things go wrong. And you've got to take 100% of it, even when it's not your fault. And I just believe that's part of playing the position. That's why you get the big money and, you know, and why you get to marry the supermodel. That That's part of the position. And when Roethlisberger comes out and just starts throwing teammates under the bus that this guy's not good enough and this guy isn't playing well enough and that, it just it just feels wrong to me, man. I, it, just, it, it just feels like, again... You know, the whole Le'Veon Bell situation and, you know, and whether it's Antonio Brown or it just feels like a lack of emotional maturity with that football team. And like I said, when it becomes nut cutting time, I don't believe they've got what it takes to get over the top. So I'll take them out of the equation. You know, pro football focus uh, or was it pro football focus or, or is that what the, the what is the 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 the. Is that the thing that, that rates everything? Yeah. Like, yeah. Is that pro football focus? Yeah they, yeah, they drive you crazy. Yeah, they, they well, sometimes. I mean, some things are good, but and some things are, you know, there, there's a lack of context to some stuff. But they rated, you know, they rated the top teams in the AFC. And it went, they went New England 1, KC 2, Chargers 3, I think, Pittsburgh 4. And I started thinking, I go, look at New England. I mean, is there any... Other than Tom Brady, is there any one player on New England that you go, oh, yeah, that's the best at, at his position? Maybe maybe Gronkowski, when healthy. 
But I don't know. I mean, I, you know, I mean, you could make the argument Travis Kelsey's having a better season than Gronkowski. But, but the bottom line is, you look at them ratings wise, they're probably eleven to to twenty in just about every category. And I think it's hard to take kind of history when you're rating teams. It's hard to take history out. It's hard to just single it out to this year, especially when you're talking about New England, because when you're talking about New England. You've got the history of them winning championships, them always being kind of in the AFC championship game, and you've got this history of saying, okay, when it comes to talent-wise, maybe they're third or fourth on the list of you know, all those teams when you compare them offensively to, to KC or you pair them to, to the Chargers or whatever, but doesn't it really come down to they have Belichick and they have Brady? See, I think it comes down to something even more important. And that is home field. They are a completely different team in the playoffs at home. The mystique of Foxborough, how they play at home versus on the road. Look, they have not won a road playoff game since, I believe, 2009. Mm. Think about that. Brady has three pure road playoff wins, career playoff wins, in in his entire career. That's it. So, to me, it's all about... Are they going to have home field? If they have home field, if Kansas City trips up here and the and the, and the Patriots have the tiebreaker with Kansas City and the road to the Super Bowl goes through Foxborough, I like New England's chances. Right. But if it goes through Kansas City, and assuming Kansas City puts gets over some of their playoff failures in the past, and it's extensive when it comes to when the last time they won a playoff game at uh-huh. home, you got to go back a long way. If they are able to get over the hump, let's say in the divisional round, they win that first playoff game at home. I think that's the kind of huge uh, monkey off their back that will allow them to relax. And if they draw New England in the AFC Championship game at Arrowhead, I'm calling my shot right now. I think they thump the Patriots. Thump them. Okay, so here's what they have left, Mike, as a schedule. They've got to play at home versus Baltimore. This is Kansas City. They've got to, to play... Um, at home versus the Chargers. They've got to go to Seattle, and they finish with Oakland. So according to, you know, kind of the rankings of pro football focus, what we're going on right now, doesn't it feel like pro football focus feels like they're going to drop at least one game? And then you have to assume the Patriots win out. Yeah, you got to assume that the Patriots are going to win out. Which they, they have at Miami, which has always been a house of horrors for them. Right. And then at Pittsburgh when – you know, who knows? So Right, but they have they have I mean, they have consistently throttled Pittsburgh mm-hmm. over the years. They, they've been the personal good things. Then they finish up um they finish up at home against Buffalo and the New York Jets. So I I, I, I mean, mean if they get through these next two, absolutely. Right. But uh, yeah. I, I, I think it's all about home field for them. It's all about home field. They have home field, there's a good chance they're right back in the Super Bowl again. If they don't have home field I, I just don't see them going on the road to Arrowhead and winning. Yeah, I don't. I, I'm I'm 100% with you. Although, now, maybe they could finish behind the Chiefs and then the Chiefs gag again. You know, they right. gag against a team like, um, you know, I, I don't know. It would be, it would be what, a, uh, probably a, a team like, um, you know, maybe maybe Houston. Right, a you fifth know, seed some, or something. Something yeah. like that or the Charger, whatever. Right. You know, maybe they gag and lose to them. And then the Patriots all of a sudden are gifted a AFC Championship game at home, but if if the road doesn't go through New England, I think they they have a hard time getting there. 
I agree with you. Although I just look at these ratings, and I, I it's hard to look at teams, whether it's the Chargers, whether it's the the Chiefs with their playoff history or lack thereof, or the lack of wins in playoff history. It's hard to look at either of those teams and think that, oh yeah, they're gonna you know they're gonna play their best football down the stretch. I just feel like, like I always feel like Kansas City's gonna find a way to lose a playoff game, right? And and the char- I don't trust the Chargers either. And I think that's what it that's what it really boils down to. Now I I will tell you this, like the Baltimore Ravens are a team that I think always consistently has matched up well with New England. They're not intimidated by the Patriots. Like there would they would be a team that I would think if the Patriots played them in a playoff scenario, that would be a really tough matchup for them. But again, it goes to kind of my the history more than anything else. It's not so much a year to year or or just this season or the first you know thirteen fourteen games. It's uh, or first twelve games, I guess I should say. But it it goes to the kind of the history of I know the matchups and I know you know which teams like the Pittsburgh thing. This is a completely new year. Your roster turns over thirty percent, and yet I know their system in New England matches up really well with the system they run defensively in Pittsburgh. And I don't know that that's going to change a whole lot. Well, with all that talk, you ready to do some moneymaker picks? You bet. And and you know what? Our moneymaker picks brought to you by uh, Bud Light. Bud Light, the team-sponsored cans, um, unbelievable. You can find them at all your grocery stores. But if you're a, a, a you know if you're a fan of the NFL and you're a fan of whatever team you're a fan of, I I, I passed you guys out from Bud Light a bunch of the uh, of the team logo Bronco cans. Are really cool. Just really cool stuff. They have not only the the aluminum bottles, but also the cans. So really cool. Check those out at uh, wherever it is you buy uh, Bud Light. So it's really they're they're awesome. I love the cans. I was grilling the other night and uh, made sure I had a can with me, and it was nice, crisp, cold night. Stars mm-hmm. are out. Doing a little barbecuing, drinking a Bud Light. Fantastic. It's one of the things that's great about Denver, isn't it? Yeah, staring out all, the foothills all winter long. Oh. You can roll out there. You know, it's forty five or yeah. whatever, and. Sun's just going down. You got the grill rolling. Mm-hmm. You got some chicken and some beef on there. Oh yeah, that's good. That's it's good. just good, Ooh, clean living. Man. All right, who picks first? You week? get to go. You are currently twenty-five, seventeen, and one with a game and a half lead over me at twenty-four and nineteen. So mm. you yeah. uh, still cling to your game and a half lead after we both went one and two last week. So all right, I'm about to go three and zero. Oh, so you better pick up your game. All, all right? right, here we go. All right, first game: Atlanta facing the Green Bay Packers in Lambeau Field. Don't you just feel like you're going to get the Mike McCarthy bump? Like he got, I feel like he got fired. Aaron Rodgers is going to prove that it was, you know, that it's not him, that it's Mike McCarthy, that, you know, that, that now that that's gone, things are going to rectify. They lost at home last week, an embarrassing loss to Arizona. I feel like this is a bounce back game in Lambeau. Uh, Packers minus five. I'm going to take the Packers to win that game and cover the five point spread. Okay. I what like, do you think about that? I, I love I, that was one of my top picks. All right. I mean, after a week in which Aaron Rodgers is being called a prima donna, yeah, I think he's got something to prove. Yeah. See, that's that's exactly how I felt. So feel pretty good about that. Then Indianapolis traveling to the Houston Texans. Um, got to. Uh, I'm preparing to do Cleveland, uh, Carolina, and got to watch Houston really dismantle the Cleveland Browns. Um, and, and I'll tell you what, they're not only running the ball really well with Miller and, and Blue, they're doing a good job running the ball, staying consistent there. But Deshaun Watson is one of these young quarterbacks that I don't think we give enough attention to. Um, he is playing exceptional football. They've won nine straight games. 
Um, not only throwing the ball with great accuracy down the middle of the football field, but extending plays and, and and not being afraid to run and scramble around and make some of the big plays, keeping drives alive. You know, I thought that was one of the things that's different about Philadelphia this year in in that they're not playing very well, and obviously the defense has, has struggled. They're 6-6 six and six right now. But one of the things about them that I felt really interesting about or, or interested about was I think they've lost – like Carson Carson Wentz was a guy that consistently four or five times a game made kind of an explosive in the passing game. Shook off a sack, scrambled around, made a throw. Um, shook off a pressure, scrambled out, made 15 yards, and, and you know dove for a first down. And you get four, you know, three or four of those a game with Carson Wentz. You're not getting those this year, right? He's coming off that ACL. He's just not as not as confident, and you're not seeing that as much. You're seeing that with Deshaun Watson. So I like Deshaun Watson, the Houston Texans, minus 4.5 over Indy in Houston. I'm going to take the Houston Texans to cover that game. And then my last one, the Rams heading to Chicago. The Rams 11-1 versus Chicago 8-4. Rams minus 3 in Chicago. Uh, I think this is a complete football team. They're getting a keep to lead back defensively. I think that's going to help them quite a bit. Um, I think the Rams are going to cover that game in Chicago. I like the Rams to win in Chicago and cover the minus three. Oh, man, you had two of my top three picks right there. I like the Rams as well. So now you got me scrambling. Now yes. i got to go to my uh, sloppy oh. seconds picks. <laughs> you got to go to your alternates. All right, got to go to Good. my alternates. All right, I'm going to actually start with the mighty Buffalo Bills. Uh-huh. Uh, at home against the New York Jets, a team that they absolutely destroyed in the Meadowlands just a couple of weeks ago, 41-10. to 10. The Jets have packed it in. They know Todd Bowles is going to be fired. Meanwhile, I think there's a little bit of a spirit still with Buffalo. They got Josh Allen back. Um, Sean McDermott's doing a nice job, I, I think, with that team. Uh, considering how uh, talent-depleted they are, they're home. Uh, I think they'll play with uh, some spirit that I don't think the Jets will match. So give me Buffalo minus the three at home against the Jets. Then I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to stay in the AFC. I've I've done well this year betting against the Patriots, uh-huh. and I'm going to do it again. I mm. think um, Miami has been a a difficult team in Miami for Tom Brady over the years. He has struggled more often than not in Miami, and the Dolphins at home getting nine points. Uh, I think the Patriots will find a way to win, but I don't think it'll be easy. Uh, nothing really about the Patriots, especially on the road. I go back to the whole road thing. They just don't look like a team that's going to blow anybody out on the road this year. I think they're going to play it close. They'll win, but I'll take Miami plus the nine against the Patriots. And uh, that leaves me. You mentioned New Orleans. I think New Orleans bounces back, and um, they'll they'll come out with a, with a vengeance, and uh, they'll take care of business against Tampa Bay. Give me uh, New Orleans minus the nine and a half. Uh, on the road at Tampa. Yeah, I like that pick. That was another one of the ones that, that I, I thought about taking. So The game you're doing, I was kind of intrigued. I was kind of th- thought about it. Carolina, one-point favorite at Cleveland. Mm-hmm. I, you've been prepping for this game all week. You're doing that game for Fox. It just something seems a little stinky, a little rotten in, in Carolina. I, I just wonder if that thing's uh, on the on the precipice of falling apart. <laughs> yeah, you know, they're they're different. You know, this is, this is a football team, obviously – you watch them. It, this is a football team that, you know, a lot of collegiate type of 
stuff going on with the you know receiving core and all the option stuff and Cam Newton's played really well this year. Christian McCaffrey's having a hell of a season. But, you know, you've always thought of them as a great defense. And defensively, they're just, like, they're good in the middle. Short's a good player. Um, Don Terry Poe is a a good player. But they're not great pass rushers in the middle of the football field. The edge presence is not getting the pressure they need. Their linebacking core is outstanding. And they're attacking some young corners that are just not – now, I, I think their secondary has just been a real, a real issue for the Carolina Panthers. So um, they're just interesting. They're built kind of backwards. You know, you could always rely on the defense and run the ball and do all those things. And like I said, Cam Newton's completing almost 70% of his passes. So he's been really good in North Turner's system. Um, last week, notwithstanding, threw four picks and just looked bad last week. But well, that was the worst game that I've seen him play all year. He's he's actually played pretty well. But it's it's that defense. They fired their defensive line coach. They fired, uh, I think, their secondary coach. They uh, they uh, you know they're going through some transition. Uh, Ron Rivera is going to take over the defensive play calling this week. So they're really unhappy with the way the defense is played. Well, I know you always have an opening line planned for everybody that you meet with. So have you settled on your opening line for Baker Mayfield? Yeah, you're welcome is my opening line for Baker Mayfield. Because, you know, I was on the list. I was uh, one of the people that have motivated him to uh, <laughs> to go out there and play well. You know, like I was one of the guys that was a doubter coming out of college based on the system that he played in and, you know, the size, the not ideal size. So, you know, I'll, I'll be the first to admit, you know, I've been wrong. He's been really good this year. He's <laughs> yeah. been fun to Classic watch. Classic Slareth. You're going to admit you're wrong, but in the same breath, you're going to take credit for it. Right. Yeah, exactly. Well, I, that I, is hey, so I'll admit Slareth. Right. I'll, I'll admit I'm wrong, and you're welcome. You're welcome for the motivation that I provided for you over these years. Congratulations. You're a beauty. You're yeah. a beauty. That's how, I, that's how I do it. I can always make myself win, no matter what. You're that's good. All I do you're is good. win, 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 no matter you what. You are good. All right, my friend. It's always good to, uh, it's always good to uh, talk to you, my friend. Yeah, have a good trip to yeah. Cleveland. All right, Cleveland will, in December. Cleveland, ah, I know. How's the game? Better you know, than I'm going to think about that uh, and uh, remind you uh, of those times that you were in Miami doing our show oh, on yeah. the balcony of your five star hotel, right. looking out at the ocean. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to remind you of that tomorrow when you're freezing your ass off in Cleveland. I might do it. I might do it in my underpants, uh, hanging out the balcony, looking at uh, what's in Cleveland, like Lake Erie. That'd or be Lake Erie. Yeah, big, big lake there. Yeah, giant lake. I'll yeah. be looking at it's that. It's not an ocean. Say, the mistake by the lake. I haven't been to Cleveland literally since the last time I played in Cleveland back in nineteen. I think ninety. I played a preseason game in Cleveland in the stadium. The mistake by the lake. You never went there with the Broncos. No. Wow. No. Uh. Uh-uh. Uh. Huh. How crazy is that? Well, stop by the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Have a good day. Cleveland's actually, I like Cleveland. Good, good, hardworking Midwestern town. Good folks in Cleveland. Yeah, Hard, sure. Hardy folks. Hardy sure. folks. Well, I tell you what, they got a great fan base. I know that. So yeah. it's going to be fun. All right, man. Have fun. All right, buddy. We'll talk to you later. Thanks for everybody, or thanks to everybody for listening to the Stinking Truth Podcast. We appreciate you guys, and we'll be back next week.